0: I'm Matt, and I'm Jenna, we are Manna,
1: and this is Food for Thought,
0: a podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. In today's episode, Jenna and I talk about the commitments that we make, especially the commitments we make to ourselves.
1: say to your sister Kelsey when she's crying?
0: Life's tough. Get a helmet.
1: <laughs> Are you having a crisis? <laughs> I like crisis. it.
0: Crisis. I get it.
1: Hello! Hi everyone,
0: welcome to episode 33. We're so happy that you're listening, Um, and if you decide that you like this episode or any of our previous ones, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love for you to post a screenshot on your social media or on your story, or rate and review this podcast, share it with your friends, and especially follow us on Instagram at manafoodforthought. You can also go to manafoodforthought.com, contact us there, um, or um, support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month and become a financial supporter and get... Access to exclusive patron only content, so that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that's um, that's the plug. <laughs> so, what are we doing now? Peak, peak, pit, peak plug,
1: pit, plug. What is your peak, pit, and plug, Matt?
0: Um, my peak, well, we it was just Christmas, yes. obviously. So, peak is um, you know, family and um. Just having the opportunity, because we were with family, like being able to give Hannah to the in-laws and go on a couple dates and see some movies and, yeah. And just holding Adelaide, your daughter, is a very big peak for me right now. (laughs) And we'll see if she lets us even record. Um, Pitt, when we got home yesterday... um, there was a, kind of a sketchy guy in the neighborhood. He ended up stealing one of our neighbor's bikes, like, out of oh. their back porch, yeah. So it was kind of a bummer. It was, like, really, like, it's the day after Christmas, and you're just roaming around, like, people who aren't home and trying to do that. And so I hope everything's okay with him, that he finds another way to get what he needs instead of stealing and but i also hope that that bike comes back and it wasn't like a christmas present that was just stolen or something or that those people needed to get to work or something like that so that was kind of a bummer um my plug um is a website called redbubble and um it's not anything catholic it's a sticker website and my wife got me a ton of stickers for my Hydro Flask um, from that website for Christmas, and it's like you can customize tons of stickers, and anything they have on there, you can make like a bag, a t-shirt, a sticker, Um, so I just thought that was really cool, because she got some really cool, quirky, like, stickers from little shows and movies that I really like, or bands I like, that I probably would never have been able to find anywhere else, so... That's cool. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. So, what about you? Nice. Mine, I'm like going back a little bit, um... And not going to do Christmas, even though Christmas is awesome. Uh, my peak was date night with my husband. We actually went on a date, and we nice. went to a really nice restaurant, and got to sit down and hang out and just mess around and have fun. Um, my pit was that we had to move out of our condo because of a leak, and that's just been very inconvenient, but we've been blessed to have to, um, uh, both of our parents close to home and able to, like, live with them and store all of our stuff and kind of regroup and start planning on our next step so that's been a little bit stinky but a blessing at the same time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so my plug is my um, blessed is she liturgical calendar because this coming year i'm trying to be more organized and the planner that they've made is really really awesome it's kind of big but um, it's got like meal planning and then a grocery list section and it shows you what the um, feast date is for that day and whatnot. So it's really, really pretty and I'm really excited to use it. That's I got awesome. it like two months ago. Nice. <laughs> I've been anxiously awaiting January. Nice. <laughs> so those are mine.
0: Very cool. But, yeah. So speaking of the new year and organized and making yes. commitments, yes. what are we talking about today, Jenna?
1: We're talking about promises and, um, more specifically promises that <laughs> promises that we make to our self, um, because I don't know, we are, our lives are really, really filled with a lot of promises, whether they're promises that we've made to somebody else or promises that, um. We've made to ourselves and there's a lot of broken promises that kind of scatter and litter our lives, whether you come from maybe a broken home and your parents are separated or um, you have friends that don't really keep their promises or more specifically what we're talking about today, you don't keep your own promises to yourself. Mm. Yeah, and so the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I'm reading a book, uh, another little plug that I've mentioned already, but Girl, Wash Your Face, and one of the chapters in it talks about this, specifically, of how we tend to break the promises to ourself the most, um, and that really hit home for me because I don't tend to like make a promise to myself and say I'm going to do this Mm -hmm. and do it for this specific amount of time or try and stop doing this bad habit or whatnot and then I find some excuse of why I shouldn't be doing it and break that promise to myself. So that's kind of what we're focusing on today.
0: Nice. Yeah. I think that's good especially as we're approaching the new year. We're all going to be making, maybe not everybody, but... You know, a majority of the world um, is going to be making some type of commitment or promise to themselves as to things that they want to see different about 2019. Whether it's yeah. you have a, a word or a, a, a mantra that you want to live that year by, um, specific goals that you want to attain, or just simple resolutions that you want to try and commit to. Um, I don't know what that statistic is about how quickly they're broken, I think it's like by January 30th, like 80% of New Year's resolutions are broken or something like that. Um, And then we sometimes treat Lent mistakenly as second chance New Year's resolutions, which is not what Lent is supposed to be. But uh, I remember one New Year's, my wife wanted to be vegetarian because she liked the idea of it, but she also (laughs) forgot how much she loves meat. And within eight hours, New Year's Day, of waking up, she had a burger in her hand. I was like, well, that lasted. <laughs> so, super but it was long, more yeah. idealized. It wasn't like, I really want to do this for myself. It was more, you know, so this is more about like, what are those promises that you really want to make to yourself? The things you want to commit to, you want to do differently. Yeah. Um, how do you do those? And why is it that we always break them when it's us? You yeah. know, and why is it easier sometimes to keep promises to other people? Because we do that all the time. Like you have a job, most likely, um, and that's a promise you've made to someone else to show up. Yep. And do a good job so that you get this type of compensation, you yep. know. Um, or to obey the laws, you know, when you're driving your car or when you right. go about in society. Like, we make, we keep a lot of promises, but they're often to others and not to ourselves. So, right. yeah.
1: Yeah, and so, spoiler alert, I may be talking about a lot of what she covers or Jehovah covers in her chapter. So, um, if you're reading the book and you haven't gotten to chapter 3 Sorry, spoiler. I mean, it's not like I'm like revealing yeah. some grandiose. But I think like that. Just, like if you
0: start reading the book yesterday, then you probably haven't gotten to chapter really? three. But I think most people probably it's an early chapter.
1: Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um. So something. I mean, the reason why this hit home for me specifically is, I I suck at keeping promises to myself, and so what happens in this chapter is she kind of, she talks about how her friends and her go out. Um, and they hang out for a little while and then Rachel goes home and it's like late at night and she gets on her elliptical and starts running because she's made a promise to herself to exercise every day for at least 30 minutes or something along those lines. And she had texted her friends that she was doing this and one of them texted back and said, you know, why don't you just put that off to tomorrow? Um, and Rachel said, no, if I, if I make a promise to myself, I keep those promises. Um. And her friend texted her back and was like, wow, I'm the first person that I break my promises to. Mm-hmm. Um, and this idea that we really can't keep promises to ourselves, yet we try so hard. Maybe maybe not. Maybe you're that person that doesn't try very hard to keep promises.
0: Um, or maybe you're super disciplined and you're really good at it.
1: <laughs> yeah, either one. But I know that I'm very um, easily swayed when I make a promise to myself or a commitment to myself and I make a lot of excuses of why I shouldn't keep that promise. Um, And so my promises and my commitments are easily, easily broken. Um, And so she kind of goes into this idea that, you know, you think of your, your friend that um, is always a flake. Mm -hmm. You don't really trust that person. You see that they're not very disciplined. Hey, now they're not very disciplined and it's, very, um, what's the, uh, I don't know. You just don't, you, you have a lot of distrust in them. And so there's that, that idea because, um, deep, deep down, you know that that is yourself when Mm -hmm. you don't keep your own promises. And then there's also the person that you may know that is always doing something new. Mm. Um, Like, let's say they try Whole30, and within, like, a couple days, they're off their diet, and they're trying paleo. Yeah. And then they're, you know, paleo doesn't work, and a couple days later, they're on gluten-free diet or something. You know, like, something like that. And so, um, deep, deep down, our subconscious knows... That when we don't keep our promises, we distrust ourselves. Mm. And so it starts this like perpetual cycle of never keeping a promise to yourself because you just know you're going to break it. Yeah. And so then it starts um, this also snowball effect of affecting the rest of your life and affecting how you make promises to others and how you view yourself um, as a whole person. And so it's really hit home for me. And so I kind of want to break down a couple different reasons of why maybe we don't keep our promises to ourselves. Um, the first one would be doubt. Like, we doubt ourselves. We doubt that we are capable of keeping a commitment or keeping a promise. Mm-hmm. And so... Can I
0: do this for 30 days or 60? Yeah. You know, it seems and impossible. And exactly. It yeah. seems
1: impossible. And so we doubt ourselves and we doubt our abilities. And so it's, it's almost like we decide, you know, it's not worth failing, so I'm just going to stop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so the first one would be doubt. Do I add anything?
0: Um, yeah. No, I, I think, I don't know if you're going to touch on this, but I think some of it also comes from, like, a doubt that stems from, like, I'm missing out on something that's going on. I don't know if that has, like, something to do with any of the other ones, but I know, like, especially when it comes to faith, and, like, you <laughs> know, as we, like, try and apply this to, like, being Catholic and... Um, what it means to live a life as a disciple of Christ, like that requires a lot of promises to ourself that the world around us is not really going to make. And I think these promises would be super easy if everyone in our lives and around us made them at the same time. Right. Because then we'd feel like this positive peer pressure to do them. But that rarely happens, you know, unless you have a really good community... That's going to keep you accountable or going to do these things with you, which we highly recommend, obviously. You know, it's great to have community. And if you're going to keep a, you know, try and keep a commitment to yourself, it doesn't hurt to uh, clue, you know, two or three of your close friends in on it so they can keep checking in with you to make sure you're doing that. But part of this doubt, I think, comes from, like, if I do this, if I commit to doing this, going to the gym every night or making sure I'm in bed by this time, I'm going to miss out on what else is going on. I'm going to miss out on that great conversation. I'm going to miss out on maybe meeting that person or having that experience or going to the bar with my friends or doing these things that it seems like are valuable and going to benefit my life in a positive way. But in reality, like making those promises and commitments to ourselves is such a higher priority because we're going to be happier and so much better off in the long run if we do that. But that doubt creeps in because of fear. Um, especially that fear of missing out. And we doubt, like, is this going to work? Is this commitment even worth it? Or um, is this something I should have even done in the first place? Because yeah. nobody around me is doing it, yeah. so why should I?
1: Yeah. and chasing after sainthood, I think we oftentimes doubt that we can become the person that God created us to be. Um, and that's just a lie Satan is placing in your ear and we need to kind of ignore it and push it aside. Um, but yeah, we do, we do, we do, we do, but (laughs) it's something that is very real when we make these promises, especially I know when like I started, um, my 33 days to morning glory, there was a lot of doubt of, Oh man, I, I doubt that I can actually put this into my schedule, Mm -hmm. you know, and find that time. Um, and that often is one of the reasons, major reasons why we don't commit to some, active prayer life is because we don't think we can actually apply it to our day. Um, The second one is fear. Like, we are very afraid of the unknown. And we're very afraid of what um, we potentially could become. And so we fear um, making promises to ourselves and fear making these promises because it's something that is new. And it's something that we haven't achieved yet. Because we wouldn't be making a promise if we've already achieved it. Yeah. You know? So, it's a fear of the same kind of thing. A fear of the unknown. A fear of what God is going to do in our hearts and do in our lives. Because when we commit to something and we put our all in and we allow God to enter into that, God is going to do radical things in our lives. And so, there's that fear of like... Ooh, what is he gonna do like is he is he gonna change a lot about me or a lot ask me to achieve a lot or do this thing and that's very really, very terrifying so fear <laughs> plays into making our promises
0: yeah and I think fear of failure is a big like one too this. like we're so afraid of not succeeding of um, you know letting ourselves or other people down especially if we go into this commitment like in a public way or we're, like post something on social media saying I'm doing this Or, like, um, you know, if you listen to our last episode and you're like, okay, I'm going to do a dating fast. Like, how do you keep that commitment to yourself? Part of what we suggested is you clue a couple of your very close friends in on it because you want to be aware of the fact that failure is going to come with, hey, what happened? You know, there's going to be a sense of accountability there. Um, If you're the type of person that in high school you took spanish even though you were already fluent in spanish you might have a fear of failure because that is something you know that like i always wonder like why do people do this and they'll give their reasons like oh i want to learn how to read and write better because i just know how to speak it conversationally it's just like yeah but like really like is that really you already know the whole first year of this language probably if not more like the real reason is because we're afraid of failing we're afraid of applying ourselves we're afraid of it being hard we're afraid of having the time to be able to do this and not miss out on what's happening around us with our other friends and then failing in general and wasting in our you know ability that time to um, that could have been spent on something else. And I think I mentioned this in a previous episode or maybe it was in a talk I recently gave, but um, someone asked Thomas Edison when he was inventing the incandescent light bulb about how many times he failed. And it's reported that he had failed over 10,000 times. Um, and someone asked him, like, how do you feel about the 10,000 failures um, uh, before you found you know, the way to make the light bulb? And he said, I didn't fail. I just learned 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. And that always strikes me when I think about that. It's like every failure has a purpose. And so when you enter these commitments or when you make them to yourself, it's not a win or lose or a fail success type of model. It's a, this is going to be a learning experience for me. And I'm doing this not to just say, hey, I achieved this 30-day challenge, but because I'm really trying to make a lifestyle change, a long-term commitment to myself, and if it doesn't work out, (laughs) yeah, if it doesn't work out, she's so excited. If the commitment doesn't work out, then I've learned something about myself. I've learned something about the type of commitments I can make, the type of time that I have, what's more valuable to me or maybe other aspects of my life I need to work on first before I can make a commitment like this.
1: Okay, so the next one would be just pure laziness. Um, We want to, I don't know, we continue to put things off or we say um, that we're just too busy, but ultimately there's like a piece of laziness that comes and falls into that and plays into that. And so we're too lazy to put the work in and put the effort in, um, whether that is a commitment to maybe exercise or to add more prayer time to your week um, or your day. And so laziness plays a huge role into the promises and the commitments we take because promises and commitments, they take effort. They're not yeah. something that you can just say, oh, I'm going to do this. And then no work is put into it. Yeah. They take work. They take effort. Um, and so laziness is another one. That yeah.
0: like it could this is a perfect example it could be very easy for you and i to say like okay we're just not going to record today because we have a baby who's like being chatty but like that's part of life and like who doesn't love a chatty baby like or a crying baby (laughs) you know and she doesn't mind she has no idea that we're doing this or that we're you know it's not hurting anyone and it's just you know it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect and i can just think of like Like, we're going to feel just like, okay, cool. Like, after this is done, like, we don't have to worry about this this week. Like, Mm -hmm. we can get to the other things. And I can't tell you how many times, like, I've been sitting on my couch and I've thought, like, maybe I should go for a run right now. And then I keep thinking that and I look at the clock. And like yes. 30 minutes will go by yes. and I'll be like, if I had just stood up the first second I thought this, yep. it would be done by now. Yep. And nothing that I did in these 30 minutes was really worthy of replacing that, you know? Right. It was not valuable. Something was on in the background and I was just kind of thinking like, well, maybe I should get up and go for a run. Right. Or maybe I should just sit here like a cow. Mm. <laughs> or something. I don't know. That's my impression of my sad self. Um, that was really, that yeah. seemed a lot sadder than it really Wait. was. I was trying to make a joke, yeah. and I feel now I'm going to get people I'm asking really me if I need help. Are you help. okay? <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of, are you okay, text messages. That was a really bad impression of my sad self, which I'm not sad. Um, so, it's okay, so, Adelaide, don't worry, I'm fine.
1: It's, he's fine. Thank you. You don't need to cry for him. Yeah. Um, worry. one of the questions that, that Rachel asks in the ep- our episode... <laughs> chapter is, um, how many times have you bailed on yourself to watch TV? Oh
0: yeah. And so
1: that was one of the big ones that really caught me was, oh dang it. There's been so many times that I've Mm. said, I'm going to go exercise or I'm going to go read, read, I'm going to go read. Yeah. (laughs) You know, something that's like good for my brain. Um, and I get caught up in a TV show and I wouldn't do that to a friend. I wouldn't say, oh, you know what, Matt? yeah Grey's anatomy is just too good <laughs> right now for me yeah. to come and interact with you um i'm gonna put this off yeah. no i wouldn't do that to you but i do that to myself i allow stupid things like tv to get in the way of my own personal health or my own spiritual health um when that is like the worst excuse and the most lazy excuse on top of it yeah um it's just you know TV is just occupying my mind and my space. It's yeah. not doing anything that's benefiting me.
0: Yeah. And I think when it, like, when it happens for me, at least, like I'll sit down and start watching an episode of Netflix just because I want to recharge or I want to rest for a second before I go tackle all those things that I need to do. And that just opened the door for the binge to happen. You know, and... I, I would never do that, like you said, with somebody else. It's not like I would have to be at work for a meeting at 9 o'clock, or I have a doctor's appointment, or whatever it is, and I don't sit down and say, like, well, I'm not awake enough for that yet, or I need to recharge first before I go do that, so I'm just going to watch an episode of Netflix. You know, No, we never do that, because we understand there's like a promise we made to somebody else that we have to be somewhere, because we're utilizing their time. Why is it that I don't value that about myself first and foremost as well, in the same way at least, Mm -hmm. you know, and see like I've made an appointment with myself at from nine to 10 to do these things. And so I'm going to do them. And that's the best way if you really want to be disciplined to schedule that time into your day. The best athletes, the best composers, like I studied music in college um, in my undergrad and like uh, people like Beethoven and Chopin, like they would wake up at like four in the morning and they would compose for six hours. And then they would get breakfast, um, they might go for a walk, they'd come back, they'd compose more, or they'd teach lessons, and then they'd um, they'd have another meal, and then they'd go out or they'd go interact with the people in society that they needed to, to basically like get their their music being, um, being played or heard in the right places. Yeah. And then they'd sleep for a little bit and they'd do it all the next day. And, you know, people recognize like that was their craft and uh, if they came and tried to interrupt them they wouldn't be interrupted you know but we let ourselves be so interruptible because of this laziness because of this like oh it's not that important you know like oh I can do that later you know I can just add that to the list for later like let me just do this right now you know and it's I think we need to be a little more regimental in the way we schedule things in our day so that we have permission to say no to things and we have permission to Uh, keep those commitments first and foremost to ourselves.
1: Yeah, you you know, society doesn't really set us up um, very well, and it sets us up a lot for laziness and complacency, and it's funny that you mentioned how people, um, like really good composers, set up their time, and they scheduled in that sort of time, because I know that in movies and in TV shows, they kind of make fun, they kind of they really make fun of those people that are very organized and schedule oriented, mm-hmm. um, and they make it seem like they're like going to this extreme that is crazy and yeah. outrageous.
0: You don't know how to live life. You're not spontaneous. You're not yes. adventurous. It's like no, like I like I consider myself very organized, like yes. to the point where I probably bother people, <laughs> and but I do that not because I like if my whole schedule of my to do list disappeared every spreadsheet i ever made like f- vanished i'd have a momentary sense of panic but my life would go on you know like right. it's not like it would ruin my day i do those things so i can say yes in the right ways to the time i've promised to dedicate to work or you know personal things i need to do so they can be more efficient right. so i have more time to be adventurous and spontaneous and do things with family and enjoy life and not feel at the end of the day like oh my gosh the- I'm just thinking of these 16 things I didn't do. But I get to the end of the day and say, man, like, I'm really glad that I got all that stuff done early in the day so that I could have that experience. or I could really enjoy that time with my family or so I could be home early for dinner right. um, and things like that and not have this laundry list of things that are should haves at the end of the day, but like thinking toward tomorrow and wondering like, okay, what, what do I need to do to make tomorrow even better? Yeah.
1: Okay. Then I have a question for you. Do you feel like you're really good at keeping promises that you make to yourself or that is something that is another muscle that you have to kind of practice?
0: I think the things that I do for organization, I do for like work and projects that involve other people, like yeah. the podcast, like yeah. stuff like this. Like I have certain to-do lists that I make sure I do these things every single week. When it comes to stuff for me, I have certain daily things that I do every day. Half of them I do every day. The other half I kind of added on there cuz I wanted to see it every day, but it's still not part of my routine. Mm-hmm. And it still kind of has that place in the back of my mind. It's like, oh, yeah, that's not really one of those things I do every day. That's just on there so I remember. And maybe if I get a chance. So there's still obviously stuff that I could do. Yeah. And I, I, I recognize because of the way I am with everything else, I have a lot of time, uh, free time, that I tend to waste on Netflix or on, you know, some of it I do need to rest and recharge and be in solitude and be in prayer. Um, but I do waste a lot of it as well. And so I think there's definitely more that I can do in that regard, but I think I'm better, um, at keeping promises to others and to myself. If I use the kind of means of organization that I have, if it's on my to-do list for that day, it's going to get done. If it's If I put it in my calendar that day, it's going to get done. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just need to start scheduling in these things, you know, like... um that I really want to make sure that I do. And I do that with my prayer time. I know that like, okay, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to do this. Or tomorrow I have an early day, so I'm going to make sure, um, you know, in this free time I have between this meeting and this meeting, I'm going to go to chapel and do this. You know, I do those things intentionally when it comes to my spiritual health. When it comes to things that aren't as important to me right now or aren't as necessary to me right now, I still am not exercising that muscle yet. Yeah. But I don't think there's anything right now that I'm like, oh man, I really wish I could have done that today. Um, and I just, I was too lazy and I forgot. It's like, no, I just, I need to kind of get motivated to do new, to start incorporating different things into my life again. Um, they're just not priorities right now, so I'm okay with setting them aside. But once I make that commitment, um, you know, it's, it's easy for me to see it through. It's my struggle is like, like I've done P90X like probably five times in my life. And I've got all the way through 90 days every single time. And I've done the doubles. I've, we're doing two workouts a day. I can do it. I can fit it into my schedule. I can make it happen. It's when the 90 days are over and I no longer have a calendar yeah. or a schedule of events or a specific block of time that the program is telling me that I need to schedule. And then it goes on me and it's like, well, I achieved it. And I don't know, how, how do I do this now? That's yeah. where I really struggle. Yeah. Um, and so there's definite like... There's definitely things about this that I can incorporate into my life for sure, mm-hmm. but I think the initial promise, if I'm really motivated and I do it in the right way, like I do everything else, I'm I'm really good at keeping them. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Good to know. So, I know that in the past um, episodes we have mentioned this Bible verse Matthew six thirty seven. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean yo no yo.
0: <laughs> no mean yo. <laughs> but your no know mean yo.
1: Um, but just the idea that you have to keep your word and if you're keeping your word to others, then you have to keep your word to yourself because then it doesn't mean anything and it doesn't hold any weight when you do say yes. Yeah. Um, and so God is a God of promises. Like we see this throughout time. Um, and if God is a God of promises and he keeps his promises and we are created in his image and in his likeness, we were created to also be a person Mm -hmm. of promises that we keep um obviously we live in a fallen world and in a fallen state and so those promises are not kept but if we are created for a very specific role and god created us and we're not living up to um how he created us to live, then we need to start chasing after that. We need to look uh, at ourselves and see, okay, what areas of my life have I promised myself things and I'm letting myself down and how can I keep my promises? And so something that Rachel talks about is if you set out to run 30 miles in one day, um, and you decided, okay, I'm going to do this. You are going to run to a certain point and you're going to run to a certain point that you have trained for. Mm -hmm. So, for me, right now, in the current physical state that I'm in, I would probably run maybe two miles, mm-hmm. and that would be like 11 minute miles. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would putter out and be done. Um, but that's because I haven't trained to run 30 miles. So the whole analogy is when you make promises to yourself specifically. You have to make a promise that you have trained to the level of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then slowly start moving up. And so, for me, um, like a, an example of that would be, I had to give up. I had, Well, I'm not going to use that because that was some, like a specific reason of why. Um, no longer chewing gum mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: was one of mine like a long time ago. Um, and it's very, very simple, but I used to chew like... I don't know, like six sticks of gum a day, maybe more. Like, maybe even a whole pack of gum.
0: Wow.
1: And it was starting to hurt my... Pack a day. A j- pack a day, man. <laughs> had a pack a day. Um, it was starting to hurt my jaw, and then the, like, fake sugar in it was starting to give me a stomach ache. And so Did I... got Hawaiian st-
0: fruit punch coating on your mouth? Oh, ew. That's the best.
1: <laughs> oh, dry heave. Like gross. Um... So I slowly had to stop chewing gum, but that was like, you, okay, you, don't chew a whole pack. Don't chew a whole pack in one day. Um, and then slowly, I just, I have not chewed a piece of gum in probably, I don't know, a couple months. My mom tried to give me one the other day. And probably
0: like, like an hour.
1: <laughs> you know, like uh, yesterday. No, but I, probably I've had one stick of gum in the past year. Like Wow. I don't chew gum anymore. And so, the idea is start very simple. Yeah. Build up and to start training yourself. Um, if you decided that, you know what, you were just going to all of a sudden do holy hour every single day, twice a day, you yeah. would not achieve that goal. No. That's not a promise that you use realistic. And but you could
0: keep. do a holy five minutes once a week, once a day maybe, yeah, like you Yeah, whatever you Yeah, like and we've talked about this before, like if you have the 100% in mind, don't shoot for that tomorrow. Shoot for a little bit higher than you are right now. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm at 10% and I want to get to 100% tomorrow, I need to get to 11%. And what yeah. does that look like? And yeah. it's okay to have those you have to just be celebrating the small victories and recognize you're not going to see life-changing transformational results in one day you know yeah. and that's why those people who switch from program to program or fad to fad do that because they're looking for the immediate result they're looking for that instant gratification right i do want to ask a question if you are someone who's running 30 miles a day why that's all i this is a question that i had um if you're <laughs>
1: i think that's good for your if body. you're not
0: running for your life <laughs> Stop running, please. I'm asking you on behalf of the rest of us
1: who watch we, you. And we, just need, we want eat to know. On the we want to know. I'm sad for you.
0: You know, like, yeah.
1: Actually, I think we're just sad that we can't achieve
0: that, but it's okay. I can run if survival is <laughs> necessary. I
1: used to love running. I just don't understand the and point of it. I had a baby and my body changed and now it hurts. Hurts. Yes. Anyways. Um, so I yeah. have the type of
0: body type where I think even at my most fit, running to me feels like a vending machine being pushed down the stairs. Like everything inside <laughs> is being jostled around in a way that it's not natural. Because I don't have a runner's body type. You know? Even at my most fit. Imaging. I feel like all my muscles oh my are gosh. moving in a way that they're going to fall off. Wow. And I don't like it. So... That's just my question. Anyways, this. Anyways,
1: got... so the, I I that kind of brought up an interesting idea too. On top of it, when you do keep your promises to yourself, you feel so flipping good. You feel like you are Superman.
0: I feel like a straight up vending machine. Yes, not one not that's <laughs> falling. On the
1: one that is straight up,
0: fully stocked,
1: upright position. with the healthiest
0: of snacks, all of which are only a quarter.
1: Everybody wants. <laughs> The food out of your vending machine. We're that's so good weird. at analogies. Wow.
0: Good thing we made that commitment to ourselves like a year ago to become really good at analogies.
1: You kept that commitment?
0: <laughs> Did you not just hear my vending machine analogy? That's
1: No, really <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, I mean, okay. Anyways, so you feel really good like a vending machine that's upright. Yeah. Um, also, small things add up. So, like we have talked about, small, very small start small and they will add up just in the same way that small things add up so if you start breaking your promises they will add up and you will see them affect your life mm-hmm. um your commitments really do hold weight and they do hold a lot of power um we already said that one too be careful what you commit to if you're an overcommitter, lord help you um, I mean, I
0: mean, it comes down to that. Like, I tell my my wife and I have this rule that when we get a new piece of clothing, we have to get rid of one as well and donate it. Wow,
1: that's so great. so that
0: we're like, you know, well, Christmas just happened and we haven't done that yet. But um, so, but that's something that we have in our mind. Like, anytime we get something new, and it's it's a similar thing with life. Like, if you have commitments coming in that you're thinking about saying yes to, do you have the time for that? Yeah. Do you have the things you can then say no to? Mm-hmm. I have to say no to more free time or more family time or or maybe this other thing. Thing that is kind of dying down or I'm not seeing a lot of fruit in recognize that you don't have an unlimited amount of time you know and you, you need to really of time. Yeah, yeah you need to really be conscious of how you're using that and how God is calling you to glorify him and fulfill whatever mission he's called you to in whatever state of life you're in mm-hmm. in your current job your current friends your current family. Um, well, your family's probably always going to be the same, but grow a little bit. But, um, uh, you know, um, grow or change, but it's not like you're going to wake up one day and be like, no, my last name...
1: new family! Yeah.
0: So, I was like, "Now my last name's different. And then I was like, wait, every married person feels that. Every married woman. Well, not every married woman, but yeah. a lot of married women. Today. Anyways. Anyways.
1: Um, the last... <laughs> <laughs> the last thing just to keep in mind is be honest about what or who you're blowing off. So, um... When we make these promises to ourselves, I know for myself it's like, oh, it's no big deal, it's fine, but what I'm ultimately saying to myself is I'm not worth the time. I'm not worth my own time, um, which transfers into me thinking that I'm not worth anybody else's time. Mm -hmm. So really, really be honest about what you're blowing off and why you're blowing it off, um, because if it's a lazy excuse or it's a bad excuse or if it's just an excuse, Mm -hmm. um, you're telling yourself deep down that you're not worth it. Yeah. So.
0: And I think anytime you want to make a commitment to yourself, go through the the classic question. So who, what, where, when, why, how, you know, right. like if I want to wake up early in the morning, okay, like who is going to help me do that? Mm-hmm. Like, who do I need to bring into this? What, like, what am I going to do that's going to allow me to wait? I can't just suddenly will myself to wake up earlier wake if up I haven't. now. Do I need the, t- do I need that floor mat alarm clock? That I put across the room and I have to stand on for 30 seconds for it to stop snoozing so I can get out of bed. You know, That's those things exist, invention. you know, uh, where, you know, how am I going to do this when I'm not at home? Um, you know, when, when am I going to wake up? What time? What, you Wait, know, I what type like of stuff is babies are gonna... just
1: that alarm clock though.
0: They can be, yeah, but they're not always the same, you know. Oh, I know. Um, you know, and then why, why am I doing this and how am I going to go about it? How is kind of like encapsulated in all those questions. But I think just running through those questions with yourself and, and helping yourself really approach it in a practical way. And I know this is very general. Like we're talking about this in a very general way, but if you have a very specific thing that you want to commit to, maybe you failed before, or maybe you're really not sure how to go about it, or maybe you're really scared of failing because you feel like if I don't do it this time, then I'm never going to do it. Um, Reach out to us like we we can cut we can help you come up with some practical ideas that maybe you haven't thought of before But it's hard to be super specific with something this general But we especially going into to new years and thinking about what? 2019 might look like for you or if you listen to this years from now like what the next few months the next season of your life the next year might look like How do you want your life to be different? Mm -hmm. You know, what do you want your habits to look like? What are the things you want to be rooted out of your life if you make that decision now Instead of, keep think, instead of continuing to think about it every day and you get to the end of next year and realize, if I had just worked out every day or if I had just committed to that prayer time every day or if I had committed to learning that new skill for five minutes every day, each day I thought about doing it, I would be an expert or I'd be so disciplined by now. Right. Um, so don't hesitate. Like, you know, I, I tell people like, if you want to start working out, do five pushups today. It's more than you did yesterday. You know, like it's something, celebrate the small victories and allow yourself to keep that commitment to yourself, but also congratulate yourself, even if it's for something that, yeah, for most, even if it's something that for most people you might not feel that they would celebrate. Because you're looking at the 100% end result and you're waiting to get there, but there are a lot of small victories on the way there that you need to really latch onto and celebrate to allow yourself to recognize the benefit of keeping these commitments to yourself.
1: Yeah, and that's where the glory really comes is when you really look at the small things and you achieve those things. Um, because I think Satan really ties us to the end goal instead of yeah. looking where God is working in those small, yeah. small victories. Yeah.
0: Maybe it's keeping a commitment journal. So each day yeah. you write down, what did I do for this commitment today? What was my extra 1% yeah. today? I had a teacher when I was in high school who was a the theater director who would always, anytime we'd finish a scene and he'd give us notes and he wanted more energy, he would just say, double it. So tomorrow, what can you do to double what you did today? Maybe in energy, in effort, in your enthusiasm, in time. And if you sit down with a calculator and you put like one times two and then you keep pressing times two over and over and over again, pretty quickly you're going to get to an infinitely large number. It's not going to take you long at all because doubling it, it takes, it doesn't take a whole lot of time to get to something big. Mm -hmm. So obviously it doesn't need to be to scale, but like, you know, doubling your efforts and energy as best you can every single day is something that's going to really help you.
1: Cool. So, who is our saint? Man? Our
0: saint is someone that I came across that I had never heard of in my entire Let's life. Let's hear
1: it. Let's hear it. His
0: name is Saint Peter Armengol. Have you ever heard of this guy? No. Okay. So Armengel? this dude, he was born in twelve thirty eight in a place called Guardia del Prat, which is a small medieval town It's still there today in Spain. It's near Barcelona. It's still like a really small Barcelona. medieval town <laughs> near Barcelona near the sea, um, and and I've been to Barcelona. Um, for 16 hours and it was super fun. So (laughs) that's all I have to say about that. Um, He was born into Spanish aristocracy. So he was very well off. He had opportunity for great education, but for some reason, he rejected that, and he left home, and he rebelled, and he joined a band of criminal bandits in the mountains, in the band Pyrenees Mountains, that join Spain to Paris, and it's kind of, the Camino goes through there, if you go all the way from, you know, the very beginning, um, it's where the Basque territory is, it's just a very... Basque
1: country, those are my people. Yeah,
0: so it's a very famous mountain area, like, um, uh at the northeastern edge of Spain going into France. And so he was in there being a bandit and he did that for a few years. And his father, who is an aristocrat, uh, one day is asked to help escort King Jaime of Aragon, a region of Spain, uh, through those mountains to go to to France. And so um, he escorts this leader through the mountains And sure enough, the bandits attack. And as the father goes for the leader, he recognizes it's his son. And his son recognizes it's his father. And um, his son falls to the ground. Peter falls to the ground in tears and asks for forgiveness. And so with his father's help, he received a pardon from that king. um, And he shortly after that joined um, the Mercedarians, which was the Order of the Blessed Virgin Mary of Mercy. I don't know if they still exist. I've never heard of them before. But they might in other parts of the world. Um, Their specific mission of this whole order was to ransom hostage Catholics specifically from the Moorish people, which were the Muslims who had migrated from Africa um, over the Strait of Gibraltar and were occupying Southern Spain. Um, And so he did that for eight years. Um, And he uh, at the end of eight years, he heard that um, there was a school of 18 children that was being held hostage. Um, And so instead of, Um, getting, they couldn't get money there fast enough. So he offered himself, um, in exchange for these students and they accepted. Um, and so he was there, he was in jail and he ended up converting some of his captors because his preaching was so compelling and they started getting really irritated at him because he was causing all this trouble. The Moorish people were converting to Christianity and, um, you know, the ransom wasn't paid. So they told him like, we're going to kill you if the ransom is not paid by this day. Sure enough, the day comes, the ransom is not there. So they hang him and they leave his body for the birds. Six days later, his brother, his brother in the order, Friar William, he comes with the ransom and they're like, you know, we'll take the money, but like he's dead. Like we hung him. And so um, he went to go collect the body of Peter. And he, when he went, he saw that the body was not decayed. It did not smell. And Peter just like turned and just started talking to him. Oh. And he'd been hanging there for six days and he was like, these were the, he later said, uh, he told him what happened, but he later said they were the best six days of his life because the Virgin Mary was supporting his weight um, and was support and preserving him from death for those six days. But oh his gosh. neck was broken. His neck broke from the hanging and remained in a twisted, broken position for the whole rest of his life. And he was like very sickly in his complexion, but he ended up continuing to live and there were seven documented miracles that were performed in his life um, after that moment from people like being healed miraculously from seeing him. Um, so he ended up dying at the age of 66 in the same region he was born in. He was, uh, he wasn't beatified and canonized till about 450 years later by Pope Innocent the 11th. Um, but it happened pretty quickly. He was beatified. And then a year later he was canonized, um, in the 1680s. Um, so his feast day, um, since the sixties has been April 26th. Um, and if you ever see a saint with, um, A habit and a rope around his neck with kind of the martyrdom palm. Uh, That might be him. He's the patron saint of persecuted Christians. And I really I came across him because I was looking for saints that have to do with commitments and like um, um, life transformations and sticking to them. And to go from someone who was literally like a gangster bandit in the mountains (laughs) to someone who was so holy he was willing to lay down his life for other people, and then was preserved from hanging for six days like the commitment to the life that he led from that transformative moment on was a series of small decisions after that big you know recognition like i need to change my life It was, okay, I'm going to join this order, and okay, this is their mission, so for the next eight years, I'm going to do these, and we don't know a lot of those stories that happened over the eight years, but eventually got him to a point where he saw worth and value in this, and then eventually gave over his own life to do that, and then suddenly, you know, he's this great saint, and it wasn't some big, giant thing that happened, it was, he was kind of forced to see, look in the mirror and see, this is who I've become when he encountered his father in the mountains. And had to start making different decisions. Mm -hmm. And so maybe this podcast is an opportunity for you to look in the mirror and see this is the state of your life right now. This is what your decisions have led you to or what your lack of discipline has led you to. Maybe it's a habitual sin that you can't overcome. Maybe it's something that you've been trying to do in your prayer life or in your discernment for your vocation. Or um, in trying to be more disciplined in um, how you take care of your body or how you are with your family or how you use your time. Whatever it may be. This is an opportunity for you to do a self-check and say, is there something that God right now, through the words I'm hearing, is asking me to change? And how do I do that in small ways? Because before I know it, if I make that decision today and every day that follows, I'm going to be on the path to sainthood before I even realize it. Yep. Um, and so we're praying for you, and we hope that that's a reality for you. Um, yeah, and until next time, we'll see you in the Eucharist. Bye, guys. Bye.